Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to another T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Dave Pendleton. Dave, we're, we're here again. We love the Hubcast room. We do. It's our moment of solidarity away from the chaos, right? Mm-hmm. Away from our computer screens. It's when we open up and we're free, when we're non-scripted, when we can talk about whatever we want. Unleashed. <laughs> so, today's topic, employee engagement. It, you know, It's one of the buzzwords that gets thrown around quite a lot in organizations at the minute. You read a lot on employee engagement on blogs and online social media. Um, We do quite a lot ourselves on trying to educate around the value and the impact of engaging your employees. And that's all it is, Dave. If we was to put a definition around it, it describes the nature of the relationship between the organization and its employees. How engaged are the employees in their work, in what they do? How connected do they feel to the organization? We always describe that definition, don't we? It Mm. describes the nature of the relationship Mm. between the organization and its employees. It's also sort of as a sub-definition of employee engagement. We also talk about that. It's a way of defining the quantitative and qualitative inputs of an employee Mm. and how they, you know, how they deliver impact and business outcomes. So it is important, you know, we, the transactional workplace is no longer, right? We we have to engage our employees. They have more choice than ever. We're growing up in a different world or they're growing up in a different world. It's not as transactional or industrial as the workplace once was. So the old school process of you turn up, I pay you money, you do your job, don't ask any questions is no longer the case. So... I think that's why we 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 want to educate and start providing them in some insight to leaders and to businesses on this, Dave. Sure. What's your thoughts on employee engagement? Yeah, as you say, it very much is a, it's a buzz topic at the moment. You know, along with two or three other things that we discuss regularly on Hubcasts. Um, and I think I think as you rightly point out, the the world is changing, the world is moving, the world is evolving, the world of work. Absolutely, is becoming a, a an environment that people need to start thinking about the humans that, that work with them, rather than just class them as assets in a business, you know, cogs in a machine or whatever it is. I think there's probably still a very small element of that. You know, there is very still a small element of people who just go to work for the money. Mm. They don't necessarily want to be engaged in outside of work t- activities or they don't necessarily want to give feedback about the business on employee surveys, but that percentage is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and and you just hit on a point there, which I want to sort of come to, which leads us into the area that I want to really discuss on, on employee engagement. Um, I think it's, it, it gets, there's far too much focus with employee engagement around the tangible materialistic things you can do to yeah. engage your employees, mm. the grand gestures. Barbecues. Yeah, the summer barbecue, the Christmas party, Christmas party yeah. the canteen, the Costa down at the bottom floor, right? The chill-out room, the gaming room, mm. the open-plan working spaces, right? The There's lots of stuff 
the, the healthcare packages, whatever it might be, the gym membership. There's lots of stuff that organizations do which are sort of tangible and materialistic, and they are the grand gestures that says, look what we do for you, employees, right? Isn't it great to work here? Now, I'm not slating it, Dave, because in the right places, they have value, they hold value, and people like to be rewarded and looked after, right? You know, we like going to a summer barbecue or the Christmas party. We like having an open plan beanbag space where we can go gaming on a lunch or whatever it might be, right? But if you think that that constitutes employee engagement, you're sadly wrong because it goes far deeper than that. As a cultural piece, it should go far deeper than the grand gestures. And therefore, what I want to look at on this hubcast, Dave, is something that, uh, for example, I want to challenge the listeners on to say, um, are you doing this from the CEO down? Are you doing this? Which would absolutely constitute for me as engaging your people on a daily basis basis mm. and and what i want to talk about is one of the things that we find from our customers and that we speak a lot about is um employees become engaged in what they do to the full extent and i mean genuinely engaged and passionate when organizations can show them how their individual contribution advances the company's vision or mission or achieves the company's goals so you're talking about the nasa example yeah, I mean, well, you, 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 you smile because you know I'm like a broken record with it, right? But the NASA example being the guy who's mopping the floor in the corridors of NASA and somebody walks down the corridor, a guest, and says, all oh, right, so what is it you do here? And he says, well, I'm here to put a man on the moon. And that example is absolutely it's important for me to mop these corridors and keep this this establishment clean and tidy so the workers can do the very best work they can do ultimately we're all trying to put the man on the moon and i think it's a it's an overused sort of analogy but it's a very powerful one and i don't think many organizations out there are doing all they can at every individual level to make employees or show employees how their individual contribution advances the company's vision or mission and some people might be listening to this, Dave, goes, well, it's because I believe we do it here, but we've got seven or eight employees, right? Mm. Some people might say, well, if you've got between 10 and 50 employees, that's easy to do. You can get to everybody and say, your contribution does this for the business. What if you've got 3,000 employees, 500 employees? How can you possibly get to every single person and show them how their particular contribution advances this business's mission or, or vision? Well, I think you can. I think you should. I think you should, and I think you can. And I think it's a little bit of an excuse if, you, if you're not. And, and, and not saying that the CEO should should do that, no. but it should run through the spine of the organizational yeah, chart. Manage the, the sectional leaders, the team leaders, the team managers, and so on and so forth. Absolutely, you should. Very few, very few people are, are responsible for leading and managing more than 20 or 30 people. Well, the optimal on that is ten, the 10 to 1 yeah, principle. 10 to 1, yeah. You shouldn't really have 10 direct reports to any one leader, really, if you're going to spend an adequate amount of time or a, a, a productive amount of time coaching, mentoring, and, and, and developing them. Um, so, yeah, so so I believe in it, and, and I see it out there, and the best organizations do it, and the best businesses mm -hmm. do it. They don't just bring them in, give them a job description if you're lucky, and say, right, you're going to be measured by that. Mm. And they don't just leave it there. They explain intricately why 
they're here to do a job, what that contributes towards, and in turn, how that advances the company's mission or vision or goals. Mm-hmm. And when, and so let's let's talk a few points around this, Dave. So why is it important and why should organizations do it? Well, the number one thing we've got to discuss is everything we do at T2, we talk about, you know, our basic human uh, principles of existence, right? Our basic needs, survival, yeah. reproduction, and purpose. Purpose, yeah. purpose means that, as well as surviving, as well as reproducing and continuing the species, we have to feel at an individual level like we contribute to society or to a cause. Mm -hmm. We have a sense of belonging. And you don't get a purpose or a sense of belonging in if you're asked to do things in a transactional way, no questions asked, Mm -hmm. because I told you to do them. Mm -hmm. Human relationships don't work like that, right? Whereas if I go, listen, Dave, I need you to do X, Y, and Z over and over again, or I need you to achieve this, but this is why, and this is what it means for the company, it gives you a purpose. It gives you a role and a sense of belonging in the organization. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I think you've got to look at the basic needs of humanity, the basic functions we have to understand that that is true engagement, not the grand gesture, right? Not the open uh, working space the coffee shop down the corridor, you know, not the end-of-month incentives. They they help, but true engagement is catering for basic human needs, mm. human instincts, right, which Absolutely. is survival, reproduction, and purpose. Mm. And I guess there's, there's a point there about um, recruitment processes as well because uh, it, there's a very famous quote that if you recruit people who believe what you believe, they will give their blood, sweat, and tears for free. Yeah. You know, that's a Simon Sinek quote, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. Because, you know, if, if we have a vision, we have a mission, and, you know, we're all bought into the same thing, then we all end up pulling in the same direction. Yeah. You know, whereas when that becomes disjointed or displaced or, or even completely not understood, that's when we have to start managing and leading on the ground. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess another part of this in terms of reasons why you um, should – really make the effort to show your employees how their contribution advances the business forward or or advances the company's vision or mission is alignment. So as well as giving them purpose, it instantly aligns them to what the business tries to achieve. Now, here's why this is important. If companies don't achieve this with individuals, when somebody asks them outside of the workplace, so what do you do for a living then, Dave? You're likely to say, well, I'm a trainer, and I deliver sales training, all right? I deliver sales training, I deliver leadership training. Whereas when you become aligned to how your contribution advances the company forward, you're more likely to respond with, well, I work for Trans2 Performance. We go into organizations and we help them increase sales productivity. We help them drive better cultures. We help develop their leaders. And you start talking about the we, the company. Does that make sense? It does, absolutely. And when you're doing that, that is wonderful for talent attraction, for brand awareness, et cetera, because not many employees can talk really proudly and passionately about the organization they serve. Mm. They tend to fall straight into, well, I'm a joiner for this organization, Mm. or I'm an electrician here, or I'm a finance manager at this company right it it transforms the way you are aligned to the company and the way you sponsor that in every walk of life and i think that's really important so what you're saying is people describe their piece of the jigsaw rather than what the jigsaw shows entirely yes so so if you're transactional and you're not not sure what you're really contributing for you will respond with the 
with my uh, this is what I do. Yeah, so I'm a joiner join for X company I'm rather a, than yeah. I work for a business who builds amazing a, schools. Or I'm a yes, or I'm a sales yeah. trainer for Trans2 Performance rather than I work for Trans2 Performance and we go into organizations and transform the way they lead mm. people or the way they, you know, that that difference is all down to alignment, how well you're aligned to the company. Yeah, absolutely. Not just your job. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's why we have to, in terms of employee engagement, through the management structure and the backbone of the management system, we have to empower and educate our leaders and managers that they have to show every employee across all corners of our organization how their individual contribution advances this company's cause. And that is really important. It's not just a, this is your job, get on with and do it because I said so, or because we've got metrics to hit. Um, it, it's bringing it alive. It's storytelling. Mm. Um, you know what? You you mentioned something to me, Dave, when we talked about this prior. You said, but Martin, because you do, and you've got a different brain to me, and you, <laughs> it's not a negative brain. It's, a, it's always looking at the, the alternatives and stuff. And you said, um, but we work with many companies. Most people don't know how their employees' contribution advances the business forward. Most managers genuinely can't describe how their employees' contribution helps the company achieve its mission or goals. And vision. And, and interestingly, most employees have no clue how their contribution um, builds the bigger picture, mm. contributes to the overall vision or mission of the business. And that's usually because of a lack of objectives, job description, and KPIs, right? You, you, start on, you start on day one, you go, right, follow so-and-so. Sell so. that stuff. That, that's what you're doing, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So you're right. You are right in that comment. But here's what I sort of thought instantly when you said that. If... Any organization or manager doesn't have the answer to how an employee's contribution advances the company's vision or mission. If you don't have the, the answer, then my, my advice is twofold. Go find it by speaking to your leadership team or to your hierarchy. Go and find the answer. And if there isn't an answer, create the circumstances and environment to create one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Start having a look at job descriptions, KPIs, objectives. What are the three, you know, company goals this year that's going to help us achieve our vision? What are we trying to achieve? Start asking the question as a mid-manager to upwards and downwards to start connecting the dots because it's your job to do that, right? Mm. Too many middle managers sit and go, well, I don't get that from above. Mm. I don't get clear vision and mission and goals from above. Mm. So how can I pass that down? We'll create it, go find it. Mm. Right, go find it, and even if it's at a departmental level, this is what this is your contribution. This is what it does for this department. This is the outcome that we've been set to achieve, and you're going to massively help us achieve that. So I think you've got to you've got to find it or create the circumstances to uncover it. Yeah. So so we, so I guess if you boil that right down to its bare tax, even just a, a discussion as simple as so the reason you've got these targets this year in a sales environment, the reason you've got these targets this year is because if you make X and your nine colleagues also make X, and as a department, we make X, that links into the whole business by X, which contributes X, X, and X. A lot of, lot of X's in there, Dave. <laughs> so if you had your time again, you probably wouldn't use the X over and over again. But I get your point. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to boil down from company mission, visions, and goals yeah. down to each department and where the contributing factors at a micro or macro level are contributing towards the outcome. 
right? Yeah. And yeah, you know, but here's the big thing. I'll let me use your analogy, but I'm going to try and slightly do it a bit better without as many X's, as many right? X's. <laughs> right? Here's your analogy. There's a lot of X's. You've got an organization and they're, they employ a sales director and they give the sales director a target. Yeah. And they say to the sales director, you break that up to across your dozen salespeople and you know that's their piece of the pie and I want us to hit that target. So, so the, the sales director chops up the, the overall target into 12 equal amounts. It's not always equal, but you know what I mean, right? Yep. So then all of a sudden, we've got three layers to this cake now already, right? Not what An example of not showing your employees how their contribution ad- advances the business is to say, you've got Dave, you've got a £500,000 sales target. That Chop that up into four quarters. Right, so you got 125k per quarter. That's what I'm going to measure success on for you. Go. So if that's the level of communication you're going, I've got half a million quid to do for this business. I'm underpaid, Mm. overworked. It's a thankless task. (laughs) You're not engaged, right? Let's rewind. Let's say the CEO gives the sales director the sales target, and he says, "Listen, the reason why this number is the number." is because we want to ex- the, the three goals of the company by the end of this year is to expand into new markets. Mm-hmm. We want to double the size of the organization, right? Yeah. Which means we want to take more people on, right? But we also want to go into Europe, expanding into new markets. Yeah. And at the end of it, we need the we need the capital to invest in our next revolutionary product or service, our digital offering, which is going to launch in 2020, mm-hmm. right? Three-pronged attack. We want to grow our footprint in the UK, we want to expand into new markets, and we want to launch our new product for next year. They're the business goals. Mm. So this is why I'm giving you this target, because that will allow us, that contribution gives us the capital to be able to achieve those three things. So then the sales director takes that to his people, and he says, listen, there's a £500,000 sales target each. That breaks down to 125k per quarter. Right, but this is why, because if each and every one of you achieve that sales target as a team, we will succeed. That in turn means that we will contribute significantly to the launch of a brand new product in 2020. We're expanding next year into new markets. We're going to be growing in the UK and taking on more people. This means more job security for everybody, more promotional opportunities and career progression as we grow. And that is how your contribution, why your contribution matters. That is a completely different discussion. So you've got 500K, Dave, because I've been given this target, mm, go. Absolutely. But, but of course, and, and you might even have this on your uh, on your list of talking points, there are lots and lots of organizations that, that don't and won't share that information with their people. Why we have got no clue. And we yeah. ask that question. We challenge people, leadership teams all the time. The transparency issue. Why don't you tell your guys exactly what you're trying to achieve? And well, why? because most of them think that the expansion into new markets and the new product or service is secret squirrel. Secret. <laughs> it's secret <laughs> exactly. squirrel and it's confidential and yeah. nobody but the board can know, right? But we're going to go and whip our sales team for half a million quid this year with no explanation. That's where disengagement comes. Engagement comes from the fact where you can show your employees how their contribution advances the company's vision or mission. Because then I get it. I can run like the wind because not only now do I know why it's important we hit it, but now I know what's in at the end of it for me. Mm-hmm. 
what this means Absolutely. for me in the future personally. Yep. And it doesn't always have to be the sales analogy. It can be the finance analogy, mm. right? They might be tasked Any with analogy. reducing cost by 25% yep. in the same year. So the sales have been asking, they're getting asked to, to, to deliver more revenue, but the finance team have to cut costs by 25%. Now, if you just say, we need to cut costs, we need to go and squeeze our suppliers, we need to look at areas of the business where we can take cost out, finance people may go, we're in trouble. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. If 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 you haven't engaged them, they might go. We're in trouble. Whereas if you go, no, 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 it's all about achieving some more equity, reducing operational efficiency, or creating operational efficiency by reducing costs, so we can free up some funds to launch into Spain and Iberia next year, or to you know to to support the the, the launch of this new product that's going to take us into the stratosphere. Mm -hmm. When there's a why, and when we understand how that contribution impacts mm -hmm. it. We get it. We understand. We can engage mm -hmm. with it. So it's really important. I think, you know, from, from that alignment perspective, it's really, really important. I think what then it does, another couple of points, Dave, that we'll throw in the mix. Why should you show your employees how their contribution advances the company's mission or vision? Well, it also, we've seen it firsthand, Dave, it also helps cross-department collaboration. Mm -hmm. it, it reduces siloed behavior. Because when everybody understands their piece of the pie and that they're all contributing to the same thing. So that analogy we're using for this hubcast, we want to expand into new markets. We want to increase our footprint in the UK and we want to launch our revolutionary new products next year. There's a three-pronged attack. There's a, there's, there's a part that finance, marketing, sales, operations, HR, all, all, all have to play in that. Mm. But if they all have the same message, but understand how their piece of the pie contributes, they'll start collaborating together. It increases this because it creates that shared goal. So it says, listen, if I in sales do this and you in finance do that, we can make money and save money, more profit margin. We start collaborating together rather than it being us and you. Bloody hell, finance are going to not approve my pricing for this customer and I'm going to lose the customer and they don't see the bigger picture. We've seen it a million times, right? Mm. So it drives cross-collaboration between departments because we have a shared goal, mm. not individual siloed goals. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It does. And I guess deeper than that, what you're talking about is a, is a collaboration culture, mm. which we don't often come across. I mean, you know, occasionally we run a fantastic exercise with two teams of people, usually leaders, to demonstrate what happens when we are trying to get people to collaborate remotely. So we, we run a simulation, don't we, where mm. we've got one team in one room, one team in another room, and the only way they commu can communicate is remotely until we bring them together. They make false promises, they go against promises, and all they try to do is destroy each other because they want to be more successful than the other team. Now, we, we run that simulation to make some very specific points. What happens to you when you are in a competitive situation? Yeah, when Most your people, piece of the pie matters at all costs, you've been given a directive yeah. to achieve what you need to right. achieve. You will want to achieve it at all costs. That's right. Absolutely. And, and very few people get it. And Very and, few people st stop and think, hang on a minute. Hold on, hold on. Let's just rewind this a little. There is a common goal here. Mm. Now let's work with the other team so we can all achieve and beat the competitor. 
let's let's just quickly throw back into the pot, Dave, because it's a salient point. Let's just throw, throw back into the pot the analogy we've been using. Mm. If you don't show every department, every manager, and all employees within those departments how their contribution advances the company's mission or vision, you end up with that siloed transactional thing. So let's look at that in that that situation. We, you know, the sales team are given their sales target. They're trying to achieve their half a million quid a year sales number across a dozen salespeople at all costs. Let's say they don't have the vision and the and the and the why. Mm. They're trying to achieve their sales target at all costs. Let's now move across to finance. They've been told they have to reduce costs by twenty five percent, right? So they're trying to reduce costs at all costs by twenty five percent. So if and vice versa, you could go across to marketing. You could go across to operations. Everybody's trying to do what they've been asked to do. So then they start clashing because sales are trying to make money and spend money to make money, and offer lower pricing, and do deals with customers, or whatever it might be. Finance are the total opposite. They're trying to reduce money. Mm. So they clash in certain areas. They're actually counteracting each other because they don't have the common goal. Mm. Whereas if they had the shared goal of the reasons why they were being asked to reduce 25% and make 500,000 in sales, how can I help you achieve yours and how can you help me achieve mine? Because ultimately, it's about us getting to the goal. Yeah. It just becomes a completely different dynamic. Mm-hmm. People ask me all the time, Dave, why do we get siloed behavior? Well, we, this has a large part to do with it. When when the leadership team, the boards and the managers are not clear on those visions and goals and missions, because let's face it, right, if you don't have a clear vision, goals and mission, then it's, it's mm. hard. Yeah. But even the ones who do, if you keep it inside of the boardroom confidentially and you do not educate your managers and cascade the why down through the organization so every single employee understands how their contribution advances the company's vision forward, Mm -hmm. then you create siloed behavior because you're trying to achieve operational uh, metrics from a divisional perspective. Yeah, I think as well that there's something around siloed behavior for me around fear of failure. So because we don't have those clear missions, uh, visions and goals that are shared uh, as a community, we just look after our own area. Mm. And as long as our own area is successful, we feel safe. That's regardless of whether it connects to the to the neighbor to our left and to our right. And, and that's regardless of whether it's helping them succeed or not. You know, lots of businesses we work with. So, mm. well, you know, well, we had a great year, but the, the department next to us didn't. Yeah. So as a company, we're failing, but hey, we did all right. And, yeah. that, and that's what we want to avoid, right? Because it's, it's a common it goal. Fear of failure. I think the last point to make on this, Dave, which I wanted to make last, because I think it is uh, the biggest reason as to why organizations should look at employee engagement in a completely different and deep-seated way, not just the grand gestures and the infrastructure and the physical and materialistic stuff we can provide as organizations. It's very important, don't get me wrong, it's part of employee engagement, but it's the it's the surface stuff. It's not the deep-seated stuff. It's trust. Mm. And if you want your employees to become engaged, truly engaged in what they do and in the organizational cause, they have to trust you. Mm. I, they have to trust the leaders and the managers and the key personnel, but they have to trust the organization as a whole. And the only way to build trust, we talked about this on a different upcast. There's, there's a few facets to it, but one of the main ways is transparency. Mm. If you're not going to tell us and share with us 
everything and what we're here to achieve and what where we're heading and what the plan is, how can we ever fully mm-hmm. trust the organization and its leadership team? So you have to demonstrate trust. Yeah, you have to earn it. Absolutely. You have to earn it as well. You have to you have to build trust and rapport between organization and the employees mm. and not just the manager and the employee. Many employees trust their manager and actually they sometimes say, the only reason I'm here, we'll look at this twofold, mm. the only reason I'm here is because of my manager. The organization's crap. Or you get those who go, I actually like the organization, but my manager's a nightmare, so mm. I leave. Mm. There's many different ways. But it can't just be at manager to employee level. You've got to trust the brand, the organization, everything it stands for, if you're going to become truly engaged. Mm. And and to do that, this this thing we're talking about today around showing employees how their individual contribution advances the company's mission is incredibly important in building trust. And when you have trust, you have a a loyal employee who will punch through walls for you. You do. So just a little bit of a, a, um, a wrap-up, Dave, on what we've discussed. Why should you show your employees how their contribution advances the company's mission and vision? Number one, it gives people purpose. It's one of the three fundamentals of human existence. Yeah. It's one of our needs. We have to feel safe, survival. We have to you know, reproduce and continue the species, but we also have to feel like we contribute in some way. Mm-hmm. It plays to our fundamental human instincts. Mm, Number two, it, it creates alignment. Straight away, I start talking about the organization and not just my role within it. I start becoming a brand ambassador down the local pub or in the local restaurant. I start telling friends and family about it. I start putting it on my social media about how great our organization is and what we're doing. That's what is really important, you know, the alignment piece. Um, Number three, if you don't have the answer, if you don't think you know how to position every employee's contribution towards the outcome, then either find it or create the environment and circumstances to have it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, KPIs, objectives, job descriptions, all that helps if you're organized and, you, and you're running your departments in the right way. It helps you make objectives clear at the individual role level. It makes you, it helps you define them if you understand the outcomes. Mm. It drives cross-departmental collaboration. It stops siloed behavior. It certainly goes a long way, Dave, to yeah. reducing siloed sure. behavior, right? Because if 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 we have a shared goal and I do this and you do this, we can achieve X, to use your X terminology. X. <laughs> so it drives cross-departmental collaboration. And finally, we talked about trust. It, ge- mm-hmm. it, it builds trust between not only the managers and the employees, Sorry, we got cut off there slightly, Dave. We, we lost our way and we reached our 30-minute limit, so we were literally just wrapping it up, right? So sorry for that little um, break in the hubcast there. But we were talking about trust, Dave, as a final point. Indeed. It, it builds trust and it allows not just managers but the organization to build the trust of their employees. I trust this business as much as I trust the people I work Ooh, with. Absolutely. And that's really, really important. Any final comments from you, Dave, seeing as though we've got an extra 30 seconds or so now? Um, no, I think it's just one of those integral things, and I think it will continue to grow as a topic the more and more we get the younger generations, the newer generations of workers, because they are going to need to be engaged Yeah, for the reasons you said at the beginning, that there is more and more businesses out there to choose from. The world is changing through the evolution of technology, through the internet, through the internet of things, and so on and so forth, through automation. The world of work is changing. So we need to engage people on a much greater and personal level 
rather than just expecting that the company barbecue will bring people together. Yep. It's not about the grand gestures all the time. They help, right? They're good for some people, but not for all. So if you're doing a lot of these things, you're providing a lot of the right environment, you've got the nice, colourful you know, furniture that you've spent a fortune on, you've got the breakout areas, the beanbags, the Starbucks in the reception. These are all great, right? But look at a deeper level. What are you doing to truly make your employees feel engaged and contributing mm -hmm. towards the greater outcome? That's right. Dave Pendleton enjoyed that. Again, sorry about the blip. Hopefully mm -hmm. it didn't uh, make so much of a difference. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast. Dave, Bye. thank you. Cheers. Thank you.